Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Flip Aguilera, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Rebecca Whitman. How are you? Good. I forgot the awesome. I know you legally changed your name to Flip Awesome Aguilera. Yeah, that's a cool story too. I But just to give the basis of it, I did it just to prove to my children that you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love how words create reality. And by having awesome as your name... That means you're going to continue to create an awesome life, which you are. So I love that. Yeah, it is a uh, it is big energy to try to fill. But hey, we're here to uh, to keep the dream alive, make the dream a reality, and live the dream. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's what we're going to do on our show. I'm so excited to have you, and I'm going to tell my audience a little bit about you. So, Flip Aguilera is an NSCA Precision Nutrition Certified Coach. He's also coach uh, at the University of Miami. He is also a Holistic Life Certified Coach. He's the founder of Sweat Nation, where he helps clients recreate their stories using holistic methods. He has helped everyday people, CEOs, actors, and athletes achieve higher levels of mind and body awareness. So that is so awesome. So your podcast is called WEIGHT, W-E-Y-T. Tell us what that stands for and why you chose that as the title of your podcast. Well, you know, since you read off some of my bio there and I started off, you know, about a decade ago as a personal trainer, it was very easy to put the word weight, but that's W-E-I-G-H-T, 
which is like, you know, weight that you use to work out. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also like weight as in patience or lack thereof patience, like waiting for something. Yeah. And there's how things weigh on you emotionally, spiritually, however. And, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the questions that I find myself asking people a lot, especially when I meet them, is what's engaging your thoughts? which is W-E-Y-T, which is weight in a different way. It's an acronym for what's engaging your thoughts. And literally, when I meet people, that is one of the first questions I ask them because you get so much just from the response that people have to even asking that type of question. You know, because some people, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what do you do? I'm like, more than what you do, I want to know what's going on in between your head. So, what do you think about? Yeah, what are you thinking about? Because yeah. the stories that we tell each other or not even each other, but the stories we tell about things in our head becomes the life that we end up manifesting, living, whatever, however you want to to bring it out. But So those thoughts, what are they? I love that saying, change your story, change your life. For sure. And that's, I'm a clear example of that because before I got into this holistic health and wellness, my life in my 20s was a completely different type of experience. Tell us about it. So in my 20s, let's see. So just coming out of high school, I I, I was like in the band. So when you're in the band, you already have, you know, exposure to the arts. And arts... In Miami, in the school that I went to, I went to Miami High. You can't get more Miami than that. But, you know, it's, there's just, there was just an exposure to, for lack of better terms, let's call it mind altering substances. (laughs) So already at a young age, I was already mixing music with these mind altering substances and putting it together. And that led me to my 20s. My nine to five was I worked for a liquor distributor. So I'm already around liquor all day. I'm in bars, restaurants, clubs, tasting this, taste that over there. Now go to the next place, do the same thing. Awesome job for your 20s. Um, And then as a side hustle, I started a poker business like Texas Hold'em where I would go to bars and restaurants now at nighttime. So I was in them during the day. Now I'm in them at night. And I was running like a poker league. So it was legal. It wasn't for money or anything. It was like a point system. And at the end of every season, the top 50 players would come into a tournament. And whoever won that one, we would sponsor them into like a big tournament. So I did that at night. So now you have the picture of alcohol and party during the day and alcohol and gambling at night. (laughs) And then during the weekends, I used to either throw parties or I would DJ in South Beach. (laughs) Wow. And you forgot about the women. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) South Florida is just a conglomeration of attractive people, you know, because you have beach, you have heat. So you, you don't have to wear a lot of clothes in South Florida. So it, it, it's a big vanity culture as opposed to now here in Colorado, people work out here for different reasons. They work out to try to keep their bodies held together because they want to go hiking and biking where over there it was more about, I need to look good because I'm going to cameo or space this weekend. And I can't be looking like, I can't be looking bad because everybody else there is going to be looking good. So it's just different cultures. So when I tell people that my party, my life was a party for a decade, It is literal. It was a party for a decade. 
So then how did you shift out of that? Well, the catalyst that began the shift was my divorce from my first marriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I got divorced. So all of a sudden now I have more time. And my kids, obviously, they went to live with their mother, so I didn't have them all the time either. And, you know, a lot of people, when they go through something like that, like a separation, what, what they want to do is go party. It's like, let's go to the bar, let's go to the club, let's go, you know, drink it off and have some fun. I couldn't do that because everybody I knew, my whole network was in that world. So there was no escaping there. Yeah. So little did I know that a little invitation from my friends Jimmy and Mike to go mountain biking at a place called Markham Park in South Florida was going to end up just switching everything around. And the thing is, when I tell that story is that they didn't tell me that we were going to go mountain biking. They were just like, oh, let's go to the park. So in my mind, <laughs> I'm telling myself the story of, oh, we're just going to go ride around in a park on, you know, just the grass, the asphalt of the park. And then after we'll drink some beer, whatever, we'll hang out. When I get there, they're like, here's this helmet, here's this bike, you're going to let you borrow it, and we're going into these trails over here. And still, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess there's some trails here. And we go into this first trail, and by the middle of the trail, I'm like, where did you bring me? Why am I here? I'm going to fall. I'm going to break something. So then, of course, their response is they just start laughing at me. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Well, they're like, this is just the warm up. So you can, after we finish, you could go or you can keep coming. And I'm like, just the warm up? <laughs> and little they had mountains yeah. in Miami. Well, they don't. <laughs> they don't. But I will tell you this, falling on limestone... <laughs> Hurts just as much as falling on a tree or a boulder out it's here in rough, Colorado. Rough terrain. Yeah, and I will say this. I've been to Colorado, man, you know, I love coming here before I actually moved here. And I came with a group of clients once and we did like a, a mountain biking trip. And we went out to a place called Monarch Mountain over here and we biked for a work day, like eight hours wow. biking. And yes, we had the breathing because we're from sea level, but we were able to do it. Two hours in the middle of summer in Miami biking and you are absolutely done because the humidity just weighs on you so yeah. much that after you've sweat, so that you, you just don't have any more to give. There's wow. no more electrolytes. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, so that's so the difference. How did, how did that mountain bike day lead you into a career of personal training and holistic health coaching? Yeah, so it's a long story short on the mountain biking from that day to a year after that day, I went from being a complete beginner to racing mountain bikes. Wow. So I really, you know, after I left that day and these guys were laughing at me, I'm like, I can't let this happen like this. So I kept going back every day. About the third month in, I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I had lost 30 pounds. And not that I was even overweight, but I went from a life of partying and alcohol and, you know, a life that for all intents and purposes, now that I know I will say is full of inflammation mm -hmm. to a life that was just super active. And thank goodness I made that choice too, because I, I didn't know it then, but going out on that bike every day were the seeds of mindfulness. Yeah. Because you can't be thinking about other things when you're mountain biking. You have to be right there at that moment, at that place. Because if you let your mind start to wander, what's going to end up happening is you're going to wander into a tree or a rock or something. So you have to be very present. So about that third month in, 30 pounds less, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, 
you know, I have these legs, but I look like a Tour de France type of guy. Really nothing on the upper body and all these legs. And I remember from growing up in my mom's house, my stepfather was always working out. So even to this day, there's a gym in that garage. Wow. <laughs> so I went to my stepdad and I'm like, you know, I'm just so skinny now. I need to put on some weight. And he was of, you know, he's from the 70s and 80s, which is the bodybuilding culture of that time. So that's the way he knew how to work out. So I started doing that. And a few months in, I'm looking phenomenal. I'm looking very Miami. I got the tan skin. I got the abs. I got the chest. But what does a typical 20-something-year-old do in, in the gym? They want to work the chest, the biceps, the triceps, or as I said, the vanity muscles. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. I'm like, I don't need to work on my legs. I'm doing all these biking. So I'm just going to work out abs, chest, you know, all that stuff. And what ended up happening is a few months into that, my right shoulder began to give out on me. Oh. So, and it was to the point where I couldn't even sleep anymore. Like it was hurting so much that every time I tried to roll on that side, it would wake me up with sharp pain running down my arm. So I go to the doctor and the doctor tells me, well, I can give you a cortisone shot that should take care of the pain. And of course, with, at that time, not doing any due diligence, I was like, sure, just give me the shot and everything will be fine. He gives me the shot. I wait about a week. And I go right back to the gym and keep doing exactly what I was doing before. <laughs> and then a few weeks after that, my left shoulder decides to start saying, hey, now it's my turn. Wow. And I didn't wait as long for the left shoulder as I did for the right. I was like, I need to go. I go, they give me the cortisone shot on the left shoulder. And then the doctor tells me, if you come back, we're going to have to go in, open you up and see what's going on. So at that point, I was like, let me take a step back. <laughs> and figure out why is this happening to me at all. So I did what we all do, and I went to Dr. Google. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing with Dr. Google is that Dr. Google is full of information, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that you don't know if it's good information. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to shut my window because there's another okay. doctor. Right over this place, but... Okay, so you went to Dr. Google. So I went to Dr. Google, and Dr. Google... You know, you don't know what the difference is between good information, bad information, misinformation. All you're getting is just an infinite amount of information. So I start digging into this information and it takes me a while, but I start to pick up the vocabulary and I just keep searching and searching and searching. During this time, I'm still biking. I'm still working out other parts of my body, but I'm not doing anything upper body because I don't want to make it worse. And then finally, after months, I came across an article written by a coach named Michael Boyle. And a little background on Michael Boyle is he was the strength and conditioning coach for Boston University hockey team. Okay. He was the strength and conditioning coach for the Boston Bruins for a little while. He was the strength and conditioning coach for the World Series winning Red Sox. And nice. now he's the strength and conditioning coach for the U.S. women's hockey team. Okay. So he knows a little thing about, you know, trying to keep bodies together. So I finally came across this article that he wrote called The Joint by Joint Approach to Training. And that was the article that turned on the light bulb that brought the puzzle pieces together. And that I was like, ah, I finally get it. You don't train muscles to train muscles. You train for joint integrity if you want your body to be durable. Wow. So then, Yeah. So that made you want to go get your certification in personal training because you were well, so inspired by that article? Yes. But what that did is that it made me do a very deep dive then on my shoulder joint and realize that what I had done is because I was only working on those vanity muscles, I overstrengthened my front. 
I didn't strengthen my back enough. So it was unbalanced. So all I did for a year and a half after that was strengthen my back, stretch my front until everything got back into normal. And now I can move my shoulders, right? <laughs> it's so, funny you say that because this is the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant podcast. And I teach about having balance between seven areas of life, your spirituality, your uh, physical fitness, which is why you're here. You're my physical fitness guest, your emotions, romantic, mental, social, financial. So with the body, it's just like with your life. If, if one or two areas are overly developed and you're neglecting others, then you won't have happiness and you won't have a balanced, beautiful, abundant life. So I love that Balance is also a big part of your story on how you became a fitness expert. It's that if you listen to pain instead of running away from it, it's going to guide you towards balance. Yes. You know, because pain is there as a teacher. Yeah. And, but in our culture, we, we try to shut it up. We try to put a bandaid over it. We try to not listen to it at all, where if you face it and look at it and say, what are you trying to tell me? And then you listen you, you, you will end up in a better place. <laughs> and it could be pain in your body or pain in your emotions. And it's an indication that you need to shift something. For sure. And, you know, like people that have emotional stress per se, emotional stress releases a cascade of hormones that yes. can lead to inflammation, that lead to pain that are trying to tell you. And, you know, like right now, as much as I've learned, I still have a bit in my thoracic left spine I have a bit of like tightness or something and I know what to do for those things at this point, right? It's like, I've gotten massages, I've gotten, I've done like hypervolts, I put creams on it, I stretch, I do yoga, I do all the things. But I'm going to tell you that intuitively, I think whatever I have there is an emotional stress that, yeah. of something that I haven't been able to figure out how to face yet. Yes. I, so I'm not sure what it is, but I'm open to it being, it doesn't seem like it's structural because when I get to it, it moves around where one yeah. like, like my hips are tight or whatever, you know, if I can feel it in my hip and if I stretch it, it kind of goes away. But What's this one, the thoracic spine, the thoracic spine is like the center. So oh, right. below your neck, okay, above your lower back. So yeah. it's kind of like the middle, the the thoracic spine is the middle of the spine and on my left side i'm telling you i can always feel that there's like a tightness there but i stretch it and then i massage it and it's it goes away like travels it doesn't stay in an area well, you know uh louise hay wrote a book uh called you can heal your life and you she's a she's got a table like have you found that you say what have part not. of your body hurts and she says what the emotion is that is attached to it and then she gives you an affirmation okay so i would highly recommend that you read louise hey you can heal your life and she'll tell you exactly what the emotion is that's out of balance or what you need to look at okay louise hey you can read your life you can heal you can heal your life so yes, yes. i will i will definitely look into that recommendation yeah so we can get to the bottom of that mm -hmm. so Okay, so what method of exercise flip do you recommend to your clients? I know that you, you look at everybody holistically. Is it the same thing? Is it HIIT training? Is it cardio? Is it strength training? Is it yoga? Like, how do you recommend training for people? Well, the first thing is they need to do whatever it is that they will actually get up and do. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's first and foremost. Now, within that... When somebody comes 
as a new client to me, what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a lot of assessments. And I start with breathing assessments because if the breathing is broken, then at least we know there's something we can work on and fix and get an immediate outcome out of. So I'll start with a breathing assessment. I do flexibility assessments that tells me which muscles are on too much. Why don't you share with my listeners proper breathing? Because I think a lot of people don't know that. Okay, so when I have somebody come in, I'll always have them just take three deep breaths. Now, I can't see everybody, so I can't. I'm not there to assess people. But I try to tell them, focus on where you think the air is going. And I will see what I see, but you tell me what you feel. Because what you feel and what I see could be two completely different things. So let's say somebody is more of like a chest breather, where they, when you see them, you see that chest rising a lot. So what I try to do is, over time, I've realized that the way to get people to really begin to shift their habits is to tell them stories. Yes. And to you know, associate with stories. Instead of saying, oh, well, you're doing this wrong, and this is how you do it right. It's like, okay, when you breathe through your chest, if we can agree, and not everybody agrees, but if we can agree that we are creatures of adaptation, if you're breathing through your chest, that means you've adapted to that. You know, that's the what? pattern that you've adapted to that. Adapted that, to that, yeah. Yeah, that's the pattern that your brain thinks is normal, is to breathe right. into your chest. Now, if we believe that we are creatures of adaptation, it's only been since the Industrial Revolution that we've had, you know, like electricity and all these things that we've had. Up until that point, we were still basically hunters, gatherers, and that's how most of our adaptation has happened within that story. Yes. So if that's the case, if another tribe was coming to our tribe to take something that we had, to take a resource that we had, do you think you would be breathing more into your chest or into your belly? Like if somebody's chasing you, are you going to be, <laughs> yes. or are you going to be more diaphragmatic like, breathing? Yes. Yeah. So although you may not be in a situation like that, when you breathe in your chest, you are sending a signal to your head, to your brain, to release the hormones that have to do with fight or flight. Because for most of human history, when you were breathing like that, it had to do with fight or flight. Yes. So when you do that, you release glucocorticoids, adrenaline, all these things that if you do that chronically, is going to end up, you're going to end up in a state of dis-ease. Right. Yeah. right. Like disease and premature aging. Yeah. Yeah. And who wants that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so once you put a story like that, then people are like, oh, well, you know, do I breathe in here? <laughs> and they're asking the questions and it's like, okay, well now put your hands over your belly button mm -hmm. and take a deep breath. And what you want to see is your fingers expanding because right. you have so much air going in to your belly. And now that is sending a hormonal cascade of rest, recovering, and digesting. Yeah. So if the you can breathe. The parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. The parasympathetic nervous system. So if we can practice breathing like this more often, it's going to send more of that signal, which is what you need, right? Because right now, you're, you're, whoever the person is, if they feel frazzled, if they're feeling pain, if you're feeling any of that, breathing through the chest and the mouth is going to be add to more of that. 
where right. you need to rest, recover, and, and digest. So we, we want this breathing so we can start even, you know, building a foundation of overcoming these challenges that you have. So that's kind of how I go about just the breathing. Okay. And so how do you help them come up with a program? First, you find something that they'll stick to. So something that's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, something and then that how they'll do stick you to. know, like, it's because there's flexibility and there's strength. Okay. So, um, and there's cardio, right? Yeah. So how do you find someone? How do you, how do you customize it for someone that you have to find three different flexibility, strength, and cardio for each person? Or do you, does one person just like bike ride or play tennis? Like, how do you do it? Well, again, at the end of the day, I want people to do whatever it is they will actually take action on. Right. So after the breathing, we already figured that out. So another thing, another story I like to tell people is think of your body as like a pyramid, right? Yeah. At the bottom of the pyramid is mobility, which is your, ob- your ability to move through a range of motion. When I had my shoulder hurt, what I did not have was mobility in the shoulder. Yeah. And what's at the bottom of the pyramid? Mobility, which means it's the most fundamental thing. So yeah. if you can't move well, there's no... There's no building stability or strength on top of it because you can't move. You can't do anything. Yeah. So let's figure out how to get you to move better. And as I mentioned earlier with like Michael Boyle and all those types of coaches that I follow, one of those coaches would say this phrase that it's a phrase that I still use all the time today. And that is you don't want to put fitness on top of dysfunction. Oh, I like that. You want to put fitness on top of good function. So if we can find that you have a mobility issue, there's one of the pieces of the puzzle. It's like, well, let's work on this mobility. And from the assessment that we did, say that your quads are overactive, your body is telling us it needs to stretch the quads more and it needs to strengthen the hamstrings more so that there can be a balance. Because right now there's too much strength in the front and not enough in the back, which is what happens in my shoulder. Too right. much strength in my chest, not enough in my upper back. So the body works like that everywhere. Again, to your point of balance. Yeah. So if you have a knee pain, let's figure that out. Let's get that quad lengthened. Let's stretch it. Let's massage it. Let's strengthen and stabilize that hamstring and see, does it feel better? When we come back next time, does it feel better? Okay, well, now we know. This is a, a, a puzzle piece we want to keep until you don't feel that knee pain anymore. And then in the middle of the pyramid is stability. So once we have that mobility, how stable are you through that range of motion? Because if you're not stable, what ends up happening is you'll end up hurting yourself at the end ranges because those are the most unstable places. And if you're doing things with weights and you're unstable, you know, again, at that end range, that's where you can end up with a tendonitis or, you know, something that you did because you didn't have enough stability through your range of motion. So core strength. That's core strength is so important and balance sure. balance comes from your core. Exactly. So Which if comes you're from, doing something off balance, you can pull something. Yeah. And you know, and then core strength goes into core pelvic floor, all yeah. these types of things that help you create stability. So if one of the puzzle pieces is you need more stability, now we know, okay, well, let's stretch those quads because they were overactive. They're not mobile enough. Let's get the hamstrings stronger because they need to be a little stronger to fight against that tightness in the quad. And now we have some stability that we need to work on. So now you're putting that program together for that person, individual. And then at the top of the pyramid is strength. 
Once you have your mobility and you can move, once you're stable, then you can have some actual strength that you can put on top that's usable. Right. Because if you just put on strength without the rest of it, you can't move, you're not stable, you're just strong and you can't use it. So it's not functional, as they say. So then how many, how many hours a week or times a week do you recommend that your average client works out? Not someone who has a goal to be like a college athlete. Yeah. Just your average person who's just trying to, or, you know, they're not trying to have a six pack on the beach in South Beach. Just someone like in Colorado that wants to be healthy so they can like go hiking with their kids. I would say three times a week. And it doesn't have to be the same thing. It can be one day, go for a bike ride if that's what you like or a hike or whatever. That is a workout. Right? Yeah. You know, maybe one day you work on all these puzzle pieces that we were talking about and, and getting them more in balance. And then maybe one day you do yoga if that's or Pilates or bar or whatever it is. So do things that you will do, but just pay attention to what your body is telling you when it comes to like the pain and all that stuff, because the pain is telling you there's something out of whack. And use that puzzle day, that puzzle workout day to figure out all those things that your body is telling you you should be focusing on. Yeah, I love that you said bar, Pilates, and yoga, because those are all lengthening and exactly. strengthening at the same time. So you're mm -hmm. working two areas. You're working your strength and you're working your flexibility. So how important is cardio? I know that there's been a big shift. You know, back in the day, it was all about cardio, running, yeah. aerobics, and, you know, women especially thought if they did strength training, they'd bulk up, so they avoided it. I like to call it the supermodel workout, which is 45 minutes of cardio and 15 minutes of abs, and I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah. So, can you speak into how important strength training is? Strength training or, or the cardio? Yeah. Well, I think cardio is extremely important. It's another part of the puzzle. Right. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. If right. you want to have endurance, cardio is your, is your way to getting there. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so I was telling you my mountain biking story and I went from that day of barely being able to get through a warm up <laughs> to eventually racing a 12 hour race where it was just wow. 12 hours. How many times can you, how long can you go in 12 hours? And you Incredible. know, that's a, that's a different style of fitness. Yeah. Not that it's a, a good or a bad. It, it's just a different style. That's so Extreme, extreme fitness. Yeah, that's extreme. <laughs> that, that you need to do only if you want to. And then you need to really work on recovery after that. Yeah. I <laughs> you mean, know, something that, like that. that. A, I'm sure it took a lot of pacing and training and discipline to go from your first ride where you could barely do the warm-up to being a 12-hour racer. Yeah, which yeah. Oh, when I think about that, sometimes when I feel that I'm tired, I remind myself, it's like, you did a 12-hour race. You're not tired. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So there, that kind of leads me to nutrition. So I know that people are into keto and burning fat versus carbs. So what do you recommend for your clients as far as like their, their diet and their supplements and how to keep them in you know the best state with their nutrition what's interesting about nutrition is that the more i learn about it the more i realize nobody knows anything about it <laughs> like <laughs> like it's such a deep dark hole of yes. of people fighting and it's it's religious it's fanatical it it's is. it people is pick like their fat burning tribe or their mm -hmm. 
you know, they're high carb, low sugar tribe. It's true. It's like religious. People get so fanatical, vegan, paleo. So how do you coach people in that area of their life? So again, I want to meet people where they're at. So what is it that you will actually do? Let's start there. Now, what you will actually do is different from what your body might be telling you it needs, right? So when I think of nutrition, I think about it a little bit differently in that I don't think there, that there's any one way to do anything. You know, right. paleo is not the way, vegan is not the way. It can be the way for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we go back to our ancestors <laughs> and the way that they lived, they lived very seasonally. So it might only be a season where they can have fruits and vegetables, especially like say you're in a northern latitude. You were right. going to eat meat because that's what you could get all year round. You yeah. couldn't get fruits and vegetables in the north in the snow. Right. So your, your genetics adapted to your environment. Yeah. So it's the same now. I think, you know, when you eat the same thing over and over and over, if you really start to listen to your body, which is, you know, it. What does that even mean, listening to your body? You yeah. know, we, we, we hear people say that, but the only way that you start to figure it out, in my experience, is you have to start experimenting. So yeah. if you feel, okay, I feel so sluggish, I feel this. If we can fix, first of all, let's make sure your sleep is good, because if you're not sleeping, you're going to be sluggish. So if your sleep is good. So important. Every, a lot of my podcast uh, guests, everyone from trainers to doctors, they're all speaking about how important sleep is and how Americans just underrate it. For sure. So I tell people in order of importance, it's sleep, exercise, nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like nutrition third. I'm like, look, you can fast for three days. So that's how you know that nutrition is, you don't need as much of it as you think you need, but you do need it. And when you, when your body needs it, you should be aware of what it might be asking. So say, that you are a person that is working out and you want to build muscle. I guarantee you, your body is going to ask you for protein because you're breaking it down. So in your rest and recovery, in the next morning, you're going to be like, man, I'm starving. I just ate a salad, but, and it was okay, (laughs) but, you know, but it, it just didn't quite. Yeah. And for some people, and not to say that there are not vegans that are in amazing shape or vegetarians, or now you have people that are on the carnivore diet only and they're having amazing results. So what I see out in the world is that lots of people are getting results with lots of different things. And since I believe the body is dynamic, I think there should be seasons. Maybe there's a season where you're a vegan. Maybe there's a season where you're a carnivore. Maybe there's a season and see how your body feels on all these different seasons. That is interesting because one of my favorite quotes is people are in our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. (laughs) But you can say, you know, diets are in our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Like For sure. Not every diet you're meant to stick to for a long time. So I did ketosis for too Mm -hmm. long and I ended up getting a fatty liver. Yeah. Because I was eating so much fat that my liver couldn't process it. Exactly. It was great, you know, to get me to a certain level of fitness. And then I kept it going. Mm-hmm. So now I know that I have more of a modified uh, fat in my diet. I don't, I, I'm not no fat, but it's not like it was. So yeah. yeah, that's an example of, it was a season, not a whole lifestyle long-term. So I'm listening to my body. Exactly. And, but at least now, you know, if you need to feel something that that 
protocol gave you, you know, okay, I don't need to dip my whole leg into it, but I can dip these toes. Right. Exactly. And keto is something that I try to do at least twice a year, but I do it for different reasons because I know that I have the APOE4 gene, which is the one that is responsible for increasing the probabilities of getting Alzheimer's. Wow. And the ketogenic diet, though, is one of the things that they think keeps that gene off. Yeah, that's so, really hard. So that's a different reason to try something like keto, right? So you were yeah. doing it to try to, you know, I guess from what you said, look more fit. And let me tell you, when I did keto, I lost 10 pounds in the snap of a finger and I looked super jacked, but that yeah. wasn't my reason for doing it. That was just the side effect. I know it works. It's, it's yeah. very powerful. But also like once I got my body to a certain level, I could switch back to a more moderate diet and I didn't have to keep doing keto to maintain it. Exactly. So, is- but you needed to go through that experience to know what your body can handle, right? And, right. and, you, and you found it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I love that you talk about stories. So I want to ask you, How does changing your client's narrative affect their health and fitness? I think that is the main key towards everything. Because what you tell yourself in your head is what's going to be what your life ends up like. So if you constantly tell yourself, I'm not a morning person, I can't eat healthy, I don't feel good when I exercise. If that's what your life is actually like, well, (laughs) that's what's going on in your head. So that's what you've got. Right. So then the question is, do you want to do something about that? Are you happy with that? Yes. And do you want to do something about it? And if you do, allow yourself. So this is one of the things that I'd like to tell clients a lot. And that is, allow yourself to be in kindergarten. I love that. Beginner, having a beginner's mind. Because... If a kindergartner walked in on us right now and started singing their ABCs and sang them incorrectly, would we be upset at them? No, we'd be like, oh, that's so cute. Exactly. Not only would we not be upset, but we'd probably start singing it with them. We'd be like, no, it's like ABC, you know, and which just confirms to me that learning should be done in in a way where you're building people and with happiness and with so... Well, if you decide you want to make a change, allow yourself to be in a kindergarten because adults want things to happen in the snap of a finger. And if it doesn't, they get frustrated and they're upset. And it's like, why isn't it happening? And it's like, well, you're just learning the ABCs of this thing. You can't put sentences together yet. You're learning the alphabet. So let yourself learn the alphabet and be okay with it and surround yourself with people who are going to sing it with you correctly when you do it wrong, because you're going to do things wrong way more than you do them right. Right. But, and that's where the concept of like fail forward and all those things like failure is, it's fine. You should be happy when you fail if you're trying, because it means you're going to learn something and you're going to move on. You're going to eventually get to first grade. And, but you have to make the mistakes to learn because unfortunately it seems that humans learn the best from mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like to say that mistakes are the stepping stones to success. Exactly. Exactly. Don't beat yourself up if you Mm. go off your diet or if you miss a week of working out. I think that's a big thing because people are perfectionists. Like you said, they don't have a beginner's mind or a kid's mind. And like, oh, well, I had chocolate cake three nights in a row and I haven't worked out in a week. So I'm just going to give up. Yeah. Instead of like being gentle with themselves and saying, you know, you had an off week. Let's start again. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's 
Let's just keep singing those ABCs. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So do you have any techniques? Like if somebody's narrative was, oh, I'm not a morning person. I don't want to work out before work and I don't have any time after work because I got to make dinner for my kids and help them with their homework. So I really want to work out, but I just don't have any time. So how would you work with someone to change that narrative? So the first thing that you need to do when you're working with somebody like that is actually listen. Mm -hmm. is let them say all the things, say all okay. the things. And when they're done saying all the things, you ask them, is this making you happy? Right. Is this what you envision for yourself? If the answer is yes, there's not much, okay. If this is what's making you happy, and this, I'm all for you being as happy. If this is your best self, you do that. But if it isn't, if they say, well, no, it's not, then my next question is, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> and don't do it all at once. You can't. <laughs> right. But what's the one thing? What's the one little thing you can do tomorrow that's going to start to interrupt that pattern? Yeah. And start to create the new one. And again, let yourself be in kindergarten. It's not going to be perfect. Actually, imperfection is perfection for humanity. <laughs> Yes, I agree. I like to say I'm striving for imperfection today. Yeah. Uh, imperfection is our perfection. So yes. be, be imperfectly perfect. What's the one thing, one thing that we can do from this moment on that's going to start trending ourselves in another direction? And as you continue to build those habits and things, then we can talk about later. Oh, well, you know, now, now let's look back. How much... Things have changed where well, you lost five pounds from just doing this one little thing. Exactly. And, and now you're happy that you're doing this one thing and it's not even a chore anymore. So what's the next thing we can do? What else can we right. do? Right. You, know? you build. I love that. So it could be one little thing, like just waking up a half an hour earlier and doing yeah. yoga. And then yeah, the next anything. could be, you know, instead of like sitting in your car and eating fast food, you know, you you eat something healthy and then you walk around the block near your work. Little, tiny, little things. Little. And they add up. They add up. There's compounding interest on all these things. Absolutely. <laughs> so what is your biggest story of transformation and one of your clients? Like from what to what? Let's see. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I had a client that she lived in Boston during the summer and she she would come to Florida for the winters, you know, and that makes complete sense because Boston winters are nothing yeah. to mess around with. But just to give a little bit of background on this client, her and her husband were part owners of the Florida Panthers. Okay. So to say that they didn't have financial issues is an understatement. They were doing perfectly fine. They were set. But this client had eczema mm. and, you know, itchy red skin and, Again, Boston, which is a haven for medical, you know, frontier forwardness. And she had the money to go to the best doctors and she did. And she got lotions and potions and pills and it had an effect, but it, it never was healed, right? It was never healed. Those were just so band-aids for the those symptoms. Were, yeah. yeah, they were just covering up the symptoms. So one, the year that I was getting my nutrition certification... I told her, look, I don't know if this is going to work for you, but I'm reading about the autoimmune protocol at that moment. I'm reading about this thing. 
I don't know if it's going to work for you. You're having a, obviously an autoimmune situation with this thing. So this is what I'm going to offer for you. I'm like, I've never tried this diet. I'm just reading about it. You've never tried this diet. Let's be accountability partners <laughs> and let's do it. Let's pick 30 days and let's just go hard on this thing and let's do it. And she agreed. She picked her 30 days. In 30 days, she lost 12 pounds. Eczema is gone. Nice. And what diet was that? The autoimmune protocol, which is like, I guess people call it the whole 30, <clears throat> which oh, is oh, very paleo, but, but yeah. it's their strictest version of the whole 30 because there's like ones that are kind of uh you know that they just kind of take out carbs and that's it but this one is you're taking out a whole bunch of things now when i explained it to her i don't like to explain things to people and what they can't do i like to explain this this is what we can do what we can do is look i have these recipes that i've got you make one i'll make one with it we'll switch see who you know and you make it a project. I'm like, this is a science project, but let's have fun with it and see what happens. So yeah. And then after that, when we started adding foods back, eggplant, like the nightshades would yeah. make her flare up. Wine would make her flare up. And, but at least now we knew it's like, okay. So whenever you give yourself something that stresses out your system because your body has an intolerance to it, your immune system has to fight those foods, therefore taking away energy of keeping the eczema in check. <laughs> right. So, okay. but at least now you know what those things are. So that if you decide, you know, I want to have some pasta today with some tomato sauce, at least give yourself, your body, the time to get rid of that before you hit it with something again, which is just going to make your immune system, you know, just be overworked. Right. I love Flip that you did that with her. I mean, talk about great leadership, but leaders lead by example. So instead of just telling her, hey, do this diet, like I'm going to do it with you because that's how much I believe in you and that's how much I believe in this diet. So that is so cool. So tell my listeners how they can keep in touch with you, how they can find your podcast. How can they get more Flip Awesome Aguilera? So, <clears throat> excuse me, the podcast again is wait. In the <laughs> well, he, the dog wants to know about the podcast too. <laughs> exactly. So the name of the podcast is Wait, W-E-Y-T. It's on YouTube. I think on YouTube, it's Wait Show. On Facebook, it's Wait, just W-E-Y-T. On Instagram, it's also at Wait Show. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'm Flip Aguilera on Instagram at Flip Awesome Aguilera, LinkedIn, Flip Aguilera, and all the, your normal channels. But I'm pretty easy to find. Just look for Flip Aguilera or Flip Awesome Aguilera. I think awesome is what sets you apart. So thank you so much, Flip, for your time, for being my guest on the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant podcast. It was a pleasure. And listeners, I do not have sponsors. I rely on you spreading the word through sharing this podcast with your friends and family. So please share this uh, wonderful podcast. Who doesn't want more health in their life? With anybody you think of that wants more health, I would love it. I would be so grateful if you could share the podcast. And thank you for tuning in to a wonderful episode of Balance, Beautiful, Abundant. Thank you, Flip Awesome Aguilera, for being my guest. And we'll see you next week with another amazing expert. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. 
too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them. Please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant.